right, all right, all right. How's everybody doing? Thank you. His Cowboys won again. Hey, uh, great to see all of you. I'm glad you're here tonight. Hey, my son is actually here for the first time, I think. Uh, somewhere. He's what? Oh, he's asleep. Y'all be quiet. I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, uh, we're excited to be here. I, uh, I want to do a couple things real quick. First, uh, a lot of people have been asking, like, what's it like having uh, a little kid? We got to actually got to go to the beach just last week. And so it's, I haven't told many people this, but it's like, it's having a surprise alarm every day, all day. Um, whether you want to wake up or not, he's there. Whether you want to go to sleep or not, he's there. Whether you want to eat or not, he's there. And so it's like, it's just a pleasant alarm all day long, but you don't know when it's about to go off. You know what I mean? So it's like a constant surprise. So this, this morning we actually woke up at 530. Uh, I, I got him out, tried to sleep. This was in, when we were in Alabama. And uh, I was not happy about being up that early, but I picked him up nonetheless. We went downstairs and I actually decided, I was like, I'm going to make a moment of this. I'm going to go out here. And so we went to the beach, and this is, this is what happened. Are this is finished? after me being really mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> he gave a little smile. He blinked. The wind was too much for his face. So he was like, so if that didn't melt your heart, you don't even have any feelings. So I'm sorry for you. Uh, but, hey, it has been awesome. We have loved it. Uh, if, we say any, if I th- say anything dumb tonight, it's because uh, a lack of sleep. So please give grace. Uh, but hey, tonight, uh, some of you are here and may have been expecting the sexuality panel that we were going to cover tonight. We're actually going to cover that in two weeks. Uh, the other guy, Pastor Caleb Pagley from Russellville, was going to be on the panel. He got sick. We found out Friday. So we decided last minute, instead of me and two of the ladies doing the panel, we were going to wait. And so we're going to do that in two weeks just to give you guys a heads up on what's happening um, Sorry that did not happen tonight, if y'all didn't see on social that we postponed it. But tonight, I'm actually really excited. On, on the way home, I was praying and asking the Lord. That's when we got the phone call. I was like, what, what is it that we need for this time? And I, I'm confident that we as a group of people, we as a group of believers, need what I'm going to discuss tonight. And then after we discuss it, we're going to go into a time of worship, time of response, and then we're going to have time to reflect in smaller groups and just talk about it. And so kind of get you guys thinking of how we can apply it when we leave here tonight. So that topic is... Holy Habits, uh, and we're going to get into that in just a second, but I want to cover a few things. Worship night is next week. Uh, we're doing a worship night, so it'll actually be, it's not an Elevation Worship Night, it's a Conway campus, so it'll be at 6 p.m. in this room, and then we're going to do, how many of y'all were at the late night uh, in August that we went to uh, the barbecue and the axe throwing spot? Uh, we're going to do something after the worship night. So come to worship night, pray, worship with us, and then we're going to go hang after. No service for us. We're just going to go kick it. Uh, so please come to that. We'd love to have you. I don't know what we're doing quite yet. We've been trying to lock down the bowling alley, but uh, we may make our own bowling alley in here. I'm, I don't know how we would do that. There's no way. Uh, but then uh, the stand is also coming up. Logan's going to tell you a little bit about that here in a little bit. Tonight's last night that is 32 bucks. so sign up if you... Uh, or hard on cash, you know what I'm saying, uh, everybody. And then uh, we're excited about that coming up this at the end of this month. But then one other thing I want to do, Hayden is here all the way from Texas. Actually, hey, Hayden, he didn't know I was doing this. Come up here, come up here. Yeah, come up here. So some of you are like, who is this Hayden kid? Uh, so Hayden, I want you to tell them who you are, and then when did you come to New Life, and what did you do? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, my name is Hayden, obviously. Uh, 
Hey, um, I have been at New Life since, I want to say like two, 2017, I'm obviously no longer here, but I was serving in 412, the middle school ministry. I'm assuming, Pastor Richard spoke here recently, right? Yep. So served under Richard, got to know him really well and just absolutely loved it. It was probably the best experience I had in my college career. Love middle school ministry. What did you, how many kids did you lead? What grades? What, well, that. Oh, I led the whole gambit. I read, led fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. You kind of go up with them as they get older. How many so, kids? Um, could be up to 10 to 20 kids a Wednesday night. Who knows? I love it. Yeah. So what Hayden doesn't know is that was a setup. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, but, hey, I want you to know this is what I love being a part of. So obviously I didn't necessarily get to lead with Hayden at all. But he led in our 412 ministry. He he came, I believe you came to Elevation, got plugged into uh, 412 under Pastor Amir. Is that who the pastor was at the time? He got plugged in with 412, started leading there, started leading 10, 15, 20 kids at a time. And now he's getting to do something out of the state. He's been in multiple states where he's impacting hundreds, if not thousands of people every summer. And so my heart for this is to help you find your place in the local church, a lot like Hayden has done. And then you never know what the steps you're going to take in the Lord. If you say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sing on worship. Obviously, we have, a, we have a process for that. If you can't sing, we're not going to lie you up there. But like, there are certain things that we want you to do. But if you have any gifts at all, we want you to take those steps because you never know what's going to... 10, 15 kids was where it started. And he could have been like, oh, this is good for me. This is it. But he felt the Lord calling him to something more. So summer camps happen. And then tell us what you do now. Just a, a brief 15-second update. Yeah, so I work for Pine Cove in Tyler, Texas now, um, which is awesome. Uh, it's the high school camp that I work at, uh, and yeah, I just right now we're just recruiting, going from college to college, uh, getting college students to come, come work next summer and get paid to do it. Why not, right? So, hey, I want you to know, we never do this for ministries because we get asked so often to do it, but the one reason I wanted to honor Hayden is because of all the years he invested so much into kids who call this church home. He called this church home for years. And then he felt the Lord calling him somewhere else. And so I just love how faithful you were, how honoring you were of your leaders and, and Julie and Richard, how, how much effort and energy and like the spiritual impact you made in so many kids' lives while you were here. I want to honor you in that way in now leading camps for hundreds and thousands of students every summer. Man, I'm proud of you. Thank you for all the work you're doing. And Miranda and Avery are here with him tonight. They're back there too. So hey, give it up for Hayden. He's done an incredible job. Thank you so much, bro. Hey, they're going to they're gonna be out. If you have no idea what Pine Cove is, it's okay. Uh, you can go talk to them after. It's these three right here in that row with Hayden. So go talk to them when we're playing spike ball and hanging out and eating snacks out there. But hey, we're going to dive into the Word. I'm going to take 15 minutes of your time, I promise. And then we're going to get into worship. And then I want to have time for breakouts after. So if it feels like I'm rushing through this, it is. I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. I'm going to give you very applicable points. But I, I want to start by setting it up in this way. And so... What I don't want to do, okay, you do have a timer for me. Great. Thank you, Bailey. Uh, keep me on track. I love it. Uh, I want to read a passage of Scripture first. It's 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. And this is where uh, these two verses that I'm about to read first is where this whole message came about. It says, 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the Scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. Now, in the church world, a lot of times when we start talking about things we should be doing to make ourselves holy, a lot of what comes up and what rises up in us, and rightfully so because it happens in me a lot, is that's religious. 
Uh, there's too many rules. I'm not going to be a part of that. I can do what I want to do. But throughout all of Scripture, we see this roadmap. We see this, this uh, kind of this guiding line of when we surrender our lives to Christ because of the price that He paid for us, He then asks us to live a certain way to represent Him, to impact, impact others that are around us, and hopefully draw others into a kingdom of God. And a lot of what we've seen in our culture today is Christians who don't live like Christians should live because of the way that God calls them to live. And then people outside the church then think, man, all of the church is wicked. All of the church is broken. You see scandal after scandal. You see news headline after news headline. And a lot of it is not because the church is all bad. It's because a few people that obviously get highlighted don't do the things that the, that the Word tells them to do in the way that it guides them into holy and righteous living. Obviously, I understand and I want you to know the baseline of this, where it starts is Jesus died for us. We were, we were broken in need of a Savior. Jesus showed up and He has made us righteous. We don't have to earn salvation. That's not what I'm coaching tonight. But I think from the base level of that, what I want us to know is in 1 Thessalonians 1, I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, it says, God's will for you is to be holy. And so when I read verses like the one we just read and in this verse, I think, okay, well, that's good. How do I do it? Like, if this is the Lord's will for my life, anybody there with me? Like, if this is it, how do, how do I know if I'm on track? How do I know that I'm aiming for the right thing? How do I know that I'm headed in the right direction? And so tonight, I just want to give you some very practical steps, some very practical things, and then we're just going to talk about and kind of dig in in a little bit of where are we with these things? What steps can we take? It's like uh, if every single year around May, April or May, I decide that I'm going to go out and play golf. I haven't practiced all winter. I haven't done anything special. I've watched probably Tiger win the Masters or not even play. Uh, sorry, Tiger. But I've watched a couple tournaments, and I'm like, man, I can do this. Like, I see them hitting the ball perfect, and it's like, man, they're moving it, and they're stopping it right next to the pin. And I'm like, this seems really easy. And so I get out there my first round, and maybe I'll play really good. But then the second round, I get out there, and it's like, oh, it's evident that I'm trash. Uh, it's evident that I've put no work in. It's evident that I'm just really, really out of practice and not good. And so for a lot of us, this, I, I, well, for me in that moment, I think, man, I, I need new clubs. Uh, and so my wife's not, definitely not going to go for that. So I'm like, well, maybe I need lessons. And that's really expensive too. So I'm like, immediately I'm trying to think of in what ways can I fix the things that are happening right now in the ways that I'm playing terrible. But in reality, I haven't put in the time. I haven't sacrificed. I haven't given enough energy. I haven't put in the effort. And this can be in the same way in our walk with God. And so if we look at our life and we're like, man, we've gotten so far off track that either our lives don't look like Christ, or we can specifically point out areas in our life that I'm like, man, how many of you have been in a place where you, you think, man, I wish this area was a little bit better. I wish I knew blank. I wish I did blank. A lot of these things can tend to rise up in us, and a lot of it is just because we haven't given enough effort or energy into these things. And so how do we live holy? Each day we have the decision, will we wake up and choose God's will or will we choose ours? And that's the part in our human flesh, in our, fleshly, in our flesh place, that we have to wake up and decide, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confidently and consciously choose God's will today. And that's something we get to choose. God, hasn't, God, God doesn't decide that for us. He gets to say, hey, here, here's the option for you. I would love for you to choose one way, but 
but I'm going to let you choose. And that's what I love about the Lord, is we can have as much of Him as we want. And so how do we live, uh, how do we live a holy life? How do we live holy for the Lord? Um, I want to reiterate, holiness cannot be achieved. You know those commercials, the drug commercials, where they're like, you, you need these eye drops for uh, itchy, watery eyes, and then they go on to say, these eye drops could cause uh, diarrhea, loss of eyesight, paralyzation. <laughs> it goes through all of these, and I'm like, I, maybe my eyes are just fine. Like, I just, maybe I just need watery eyes. I don't, <laughs> I don't need all the, all the things that could happen from this drug. This is, I want you to know, as, as much as we're going to talk about holy living and as much as we're going to aim for it, we're going to make mistakes. We're, we're not going to hit the mark sometimes. We're going to fall short. And not to discourage you, but I'm here to say the grace of God is sufficient for you and for me. And so when you find yourself falling short, maybe time and time again, I want you to know it's okay. Pick yourself up. You're going to make mistakes. Everybody in here is human and they're imperfect. So no one's expecting you to be perfect as we walk out this holiness journey with our relation, in our relationship with God. So here it is. Uh, I'm going to read... 1 John 2, 6, it says, Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus lived. 1 Corinthians 6, 20, You are God's expensive purchase, paid for with tears of blood, so by all means, use your body to bring God glory. So, what are some holy habits that we can implement right now? So, I'm going to go through these pretty quick. Point number one is flee from sin. This is probably the one in my college years that was the hardest for me. I felt like week to week, day to day, I was struggling and wrestling with sin issues in my life. Still obviously do. It doesn't feel as gripping as it did back then, but this was one area that I had to conquer in college. For me, it was lust. For other people, sin could look like lying. Just lying over and over and over again. Stealing. Pride. That's something I struggle with now selfishness. As I have a kid, the Lord is working out in me all the selfishness that I have. I don't want to do something for somebody else. I want to do me. <laughs> but there's sin that creeps up in our life. What is it that you need to flee from? What guardrails, what boundaries should you put up to help you keep from traveling these same ruts or these same things that you've, you've gone to over and over again? Romans six twelve says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that, so that you obey its evil desires. Galatians 5.1, at last we have freedom, for Christ has set us free. That's always a great verse that we quote, and it's like, man, that's awesome, I am free. But look what it says right after that, the same passage of Scripture in verse 1. We must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Look, we have been set free, Christ Jesus did that for us. We have the responsibility of saying, no, I will not go back to the, things what's, to the thing that once held me so tight. I will not go back to that. So the first one's flee from sin. And the question we're going to ask here in a little bit is, what sin or temptation in my life do I need to flee from? What sin or temptation do I need to flee from? We're going to put those questions up here in a little bit so you don't have to feel like you write them all down. Point number two, pray consistently. Pray consistently. And I'm just going to be honest with you, as, you, as a pastor at this church, uh, I have not always aced this. This is something that right now, this is a point in this message because this is where I am working the hardest on. When, when I go through life and when I plan uh, services and when I am hanging out with the family and when we're doing budget, all these things, I tend to be able to work on my own strength most of the time. And then I pray in those moments 
that it's really too much for me. Y'all feel me? Like, in those moments, it's like, oh, I can't do this one. Lord, would you show up for me here? Like, I, I need you. Like, those are the moments that I find myself praying most consistently. But is prayer, is prayer a priority for you? Is prayer something when you wake up, it's what we go to? Is prayer something you, you go to before you walk into a meeting with somebody that may just be a friend hangout, or it may be a hard discussion? Is prayer something that you close the day with, thanking the Lord for all that He's done for you? How important is prayer for you? Is it a, is it a priority or is it a fallback? And I'm telling you right now, prayer more often than not has been a fallback for me. And so that's where I'm working the hardest. And it's not, I'm just, I need, to, I, I need to be more spiritual. I need to love God more. No, I love the Lord. I just haven't made prayer a priority. So this for me, maybe it's for, for you, it's setting prayer alarms. That's what I'm trying. Setting alarms where I can pray at specific times of the day. I got people always asking for prayer. What can you be praying for? If, if the Lord was to answer all of your prayers, what would look different? Your life or everything around you? What would look different? How are you praying? The, the question for this is, uh, if God, I just asked them both, so whatever. <laughs> Amen. Point number three, read God's word daily. This is something in college I struggle with a lot. Uh, I was in it maybe two or three days a week, and I was leading a life group. Like, I was spiritually leading people, and I wasn't getting a, a daily revelation from God. That's just, that's how I was doing it, and it, that's not wrong. But now it's an everyday. It's something that I have to have. It's something that I will not move throughout my day. Now, there are days where I don't, especially now learning a new rhythm with a baby. And there's grace for those days. But is, is getting in the Word something you do every single day? And is it something you strive to do? That's something that's going to help us to live holy. That's our roadmap. That, it says in, I don't think they have any of these, but Psalm 119, 105 says, Your Word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. It gives you everything that you need. All the details. It, the scripture says that God delights in the details of our lives. His word is the roadmap we need. If you're trying to make a heavy decision, if you're trying to figure out what next semester is going to look like, if you're trying to figure out what relationship to go into, it may not say specifically about your scenario, but the word will give you wisdom in every single scenario you walk into. Is the word something you go to every single day? Max Lucado, all I think of when I hear his name is like those old Bible studies that Mardell's used to have. How many of y'all been to Mardell's? There's, there's, the, there's my real people out there. <laughs> How many of y'all sang to that, got the tracks that you could buy with no words? Did y'all ever Oh, wow. Okay. I thought I was really going there with you, but then no, I didn't. So uh, Hebrews, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, all scripture is God-breathed. Listen to what the word of the Lord does. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God, you and me, may be thoroughly equipped for every single good work. That's what the word of the Lord does. How is your time in God's word? That's the question we're going to talk about. How is your time in God's word? And what could look different? Point four, forgive those who fail you. Forgive those who fail you. Now, I'm not asking you to just suck it up and get over the hurt that you have. But look at this verse in Colossians 3.12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, since God chose you, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy. This is because the Lord has chosen us and we have chosen to live 
and surrender our lives to His Lordship. You must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That's pretty straight to the point. That's pretty matter of fact. I want you to know that bitterness will destroy you. It will eat you alive. Bitterness is like serving up poison and then drinking it yourself. <laughs> like that's what bitterness will do inside of you. And I know it's hard, but sometimes we just have to confront. Maybe the first step for you is not forgiveness. Maybe it's texting and, having a, and, and making sure you have a conversation with somebody. But we have to fight for forgiveness. Who do you need to forgive? That's the question for this one. And then I would even challenge you, text or call them this week. Maybe tonight. And then point number five. Plant yourself in God's community. This is one that I didn't get right when I first got into uh, college here, but this is one that when I decided I would surrender my life to ministry, this is what made the biggest impact in my life. Because this is what encouraged me. This is what... Uh, pushed me into the things that ultimately God had for me. This is what really spurred me on in my faith. When I had moments where I didn't want to, when I had moments where I was like, I, I don't even know that this is really what I'm called to do. This is where I felt like it made the, be- the biggest difference. I'll tell you, people who end up coming to church nowadays, it's because of relationship. It's because of community that they have. It's because, hey, you're my friend. I'm chasing the things of God. I see, I see you. Why don't you follow me? I want to show you how good God is. That's, what's going to, that's what it's going to take to reach the city, reach the people in your school, reach the people in your classes. That's what it's going to take. Plant yourself in godly community. Serve the Lord. Grow together. Challenge holding, holding each other accountable. God's design for growth and sustainability was His church. Find a godly community. And I know most of you are in that. But if you're not in a life group, if you're not surrounded by people who are also going for the things of God, I want to ask you a question. This is one we'll talk about later. Do your close friends make you want more of God or more of the world? And that'll tell you whether you're in great community or you need great community. 2 Timothy 2.22 Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Look at this. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. When I get involved in serving the church, when I get involved leading others, when I get involved in godly community, what it does is it reminds me it's not all about me. It takes my eyes and my mind off of, I got a lot of stuff going on. I need some help. I'm broke. I got some real issues. My family's falling apart. My grades are suffering. I work a full, I'm tired all the time. It takes my mind off of these things. And it opens my eyes to a kingdom perspective, an eternal perspective. There's more going on than just what I've got right now. That's what it does in me. So I'm asking you, I want to ask you, what step could you take to serve the church or serve others around you? And what I don't want you to do tonight is, as we pop these questions up here after worship, is you try to answer all of them. I want you to think about what the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now. And I want you to, just like a coach has on a game plan, whether we like it or not, we went for two and we didn't make it. Whatever. But the coach had a plan. If we get to this point in the game and this happens, this is what we're going to do. He knew it. 
he didn't have, he had 35 seconds to pick a play, to know what they were going to do and communicate it to 11 people on the field. Listen, if we're wanting to live holy, if we're wanting to live like God's asked us to live, if we want to honor God with everything that we are, we've got to, we've got to have a plan. So what I'm asking for you is, what's a step that you could take? What is something that the Lord is stirring inside of you right now? Man, my prayer time has been, it's been weak. And if most of the people in here prayed like me, we'd be in serious need of help. Maybe that's you. Or maybe it's, man, I've been reading the word on the Bible app, just the verse of the day. Or maybe somebody else's devotional. God wants to give you something. God, God wants you to be writing a devotional. God wants to download his heart into yours so that you can encourage those who, who are also around you. You don't always have to read what other people are writing. So many of us, and me included, I think holiness are the things that I do. So if I'm just around the things of God, if I'm doing the things I feel like God wants me to do, then I'm living holy. I mean, listen, what, what, what steps, what plans do you have to live holy as, as we surrender our life to Christ, as we say, God, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your son. And, and my response to you is, I'm going to live the way you ask me to. I love Pastor Bronson talked about it this morning. He's, he said, we get to live a life that is honoring and pleasing to God. We don't have to do it. We could all choose to walk out of here tonight and live our own life, do our own thing, but we have all said, no, I'm, I'm in this. The Lord has forgiven me of so much. He's done so much in my life. I want to honor him with everything I have. We sing about it, but then when we walk out of here, it's time to be about it. But I'm asking you, Elevation, tonight, and what are some of those steps? And we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes, but I just want to pray before we go into worship.